Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. Okay, so for those of you that have Bibles, it's Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. So while you get there, um, I was going to ask about Thor, but Jackson stole my thunder. (gasps) I made an accidental pun. Oh, I did not plan that. I did not. Thank you. I didn't didn't even plan that. Um, But yeah, so... This teaching is about humility. And I had the opportunity to make a really good like reference with like the song Humble by Kendrick Lamar, but I didn't. So just pretend that I did. Um, but yeah, while you giving you time to flip there, um, someone can say the page number if you want, Allie. It's, I don't know what the page number is. Someone else can say the page number. Philippians 2, it's like the first 12 verses. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what about that airplane food? No? Okay. Um, Yeah, it's also on the screen. So I'm going to start by reading it. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focused on one goal. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for their own interests, but also for the interests of others. So just starting out, Philippians, for some background, was written to a group of believers. So it's kind of like talking to us, the church, and it's kind of talking about how basically in community there are a lot of good aspects of it, but you have to commit to these things in order to make the community kind of worthwhile. Um, and, you know, being in community is really humbling because, um, at least for me, like, um, I know the mission trip is coming up, and I've been thinking about that a lot. And, like, you know, even though we've been doing, like, these meetings and trainings and stuff like that, um, it's been kind of hard for me to talk about God outside of that. So, like, even at work, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like I should be talking to my coworkers about God, but I still... I feel fearful and I'm like, I feel like I'm holding back or I'm not doing anything. And I'm just like, I feel so like paralyzed almost. Um, But then I think about the mission trip and I think about the fact that other people will be there with me. So that kind of like strengthens me. Um, So I guess that it's really helpful to be with other people who are believers and who are like-minded because they strengthen you to do the things that you know you should be doing, but it would be really afraid. It would be really scary to do them on your own. And even us being here right now is us being humble because we're admitting that we don't know everything about God and that we need more of him. So congrats, you're already one way there. Um, And talking about like rivalry and conceit, that's really interesting because when we're dealing with people, we can kind of think that, you know, we can do something and they don't really know our intention. We don't necessarily have to disclose that to them. But with God, he knows that, you know, he knows our heart. And in another translation, it says, instead of rivalry, it says selfish ambition. So it's kind of like God knows your intention when you're doing things. So you should do it with an attitude of humility and you should commit to these things like, you know, thinking the same way and being unified. And, you know, being unified requires humility because if we're disagreeing, then I'm going to have to lay down my pride to either kind of conform to what you want to do or to kind of like compromise and come to an agreement rather than just holding firm to what I want to do. Um, and the section kind of ends by clarifying that humility isn't really about abandoning our needs. It's also about acknowledging the needs of other people as well. It's just kind of like taking the focus off of us long enough to realize that other people are going through things too, and they also need attention and things like that. 
So moving on to verses five through eight, it says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. So kind of in the beginning of the section, it says, make your own attitude. So that's kind of referring to before, like the whole mindset thing. Like it's like you have to allow your mind to be in that place so that your actions follow up. And um, the attitude of Jesus is what led to him, you know, going to the cross and being willing to sacrifice himself for us. And you know, I feel like people kind of talk about a lot the whole thing of like, you know, like Jesus could have avoided the cross, which is true. Like he literally could have just called down a bunch of angels or avoided it in 50 million ways because he was he had access to all the power of God. But he didn't because he knew that we need to be saved. So he sacrificed himself. And, you know, even the fact that he was alive on earth, going from this place in heaven to being eternally praised and everything was perfectly fine to coming down to earth, disgusting, where, you know, he was mocked and beaten and all these awful things happened to him. Like he was, even Jesus was humble enough to follow God's will, which is crazy because sometimes we get on our high horse and we think that we know more than God and that we don't have to follow his will. And we have nothing that Jesus has. We have none of the status or anything like that. So... Yeah, it's just like seeing Jesus and how humble he was is just an example of what we should be like. And kind of in our case, when it comes to um, like being like using God for our own advantage, I think sometimes we kind of have beliefs or things that we're so set in our ways about that we look to the Bible to affirm those things rather than actually like wanting to know God's heart on the issue and like caring about what God actually says. And we don't really, I don't know, we just don't look for, like, the whole story. We just kind of use, we try to use the Bible to affirm our beliefs rather than looking to the Bible for our beliefs. And going back to where it says he emptied himself, that's kind of what we were talking about with, like, Sadis, like, him coming down from heaven. And um, it's also referring to how he, like, emptied himself of his desires as well. Like, of course, he wanted to go to the cross because he wanted reconciliation with us and all of that, but he was also afraid to go to the cross. In Matthew 26, 39, it says, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So if Jesus had clung to his fears in this moment and had avoided the cross in some way, there would be no salvation for us. Which talking about like clinging to things, it reminds me of the verse that says, those who cling to their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Now, if you asked me a week ago what this verse meant, I don't think I would have been able to tell you. But I talked about it with Jackson last week, and he was kind of telling me that it's sort of about if you like cling to your life and look to it for all this meaning, and you look for all of these things to like sort of fill you up and to be this, like to put it in the position of God, then you're never going to be fulfilled. Like you can look to all of these different areas, but you're never going to find the same thing that God provides. So I was kind of just talking about that. And whether it's like a relationship or a person, or even like those of us that are like graduating and like looking to the future, like our goals for the future, like those things can become sort of like our North Star in a sense. And that's what we're looking to for guidance and direction and everything rather than God. So we just look to all of these things that will give us all the satisfaction we could ever need, but that's never going to happen other than outside of God. So yeah, moving on to the next section, um, verses 12 through 14. It says, so then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in presence 
my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. So we obviously can't earn our salvation, but we do take an active role in the sanctification process, which is really what this verse is referring to. Um, the key word is obeying. You can't really obey something if you don't know what it is. Knowing God and his will is what allows us to obey him. And this is something that we can kind of be a little bit more casual about. We're just like, oh, like, I'll, you know, I'll start going to church eventually. I mean, we're here, but, you know, it's like, we'll, we'll start doing this thing eventually. Or, you know, I'll start reading my Bible next year. But we can't really be casual about this because it's something that, like, it's, we're never going to have the same access to the present moment that we do now. Like, we're never going to live July 13th, 2022 ever again. So we have to take advantage of the fact that we're around the people that we are now, and we have the ability to influence them and be a part of their lives in a way that we didn't before. So we have to, like, actually pursue God and do it in a way that, you know, we're not just being casual. Because, you know, it's not that we should necessarily fear God in a way that, like, you know, we're going to be judged forever, but it's like we're going to have to answer to him for the things that we did and didn't do. So we have to hold ourselves accountable to actually making an effort to be in a relationship with him. And the power of God is what enables us to do everything in life. So the least we could do is give back to him. You know, we can't, like God literally gave us everything and he gave us life. So we can't, we shouldn't just live our lives with no regard for him or what he cares about. And there's a quote from Spurgeon that says, the lower he stoops to save us, the higher we ought to lift him in our adoring reverence. So just saying that, like, basically, like we said, Jesus came down from heaven and he was in, you know, this really, he really humbled himself. And he was in this position where he was ridiculed and mocked and beaten, but he didn't care. So he did, he did it for our sake. So the least we could do to honor that is to live our lives in remembrance of him and sort of, you know, just honor him with the way we live our lives. And even as we spend more time with God, it's kind of saying that, like, God is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his purpose. So it's kind of saying that as you spend more time in the things of God and as you become, you know, more like him, you are, your will is going to change and the things that you do are going to change. And you're not going to be the same person that you were. Like, my mom always says this thing to me where it's like, God didn't take you this far to leave you. Like, as you grow in your relationship with him, he's going to take you like farther and to more places and put you through things that you never thought you would be able to make it through, but he's going to enable you to do those things. And um, sort of in the end, when it's talking about do everything without grumbling and arguing, um, that kind of can refer to our walk with God and also our lives in general. And I think like when we're thinking about like work and school and stuff, we always think of like grumbling or complaining, um, which like I think about this a lot at work because like stuff will happen. Or I'll be like, I just and I feel like it's not even like um, I don't know. It's just like the whole mentality of like, I don't want to be here. I feel like that's really where we're at with like school and work a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. And I guess like. I don't know, I just think about this at work to sort of be like, you know, God, there are a lot of things in the Bible about like servanthood and just like being a good worker. And that's something that God really wants for us. And I don't know, I think about like, so at work the other week, um, this was like last Friday, we have like water days. And basically the kids will come like in their bathing suits or whatever. And then we'll do like water slides and they'll bring a change of clothes. So we do all of that. It's good. And afterwards, they're like changing into their clothes and like into their dry clothes. And there's like this boy in the bathroom and there's like this other guy who's like helping me. So all the boys are in there changing, the girls are in there changing. And then um, the like helper comes out and he's like, um, so like this boy like forgot his pants. And I'm like, 
okay, like, I don't know what you want me to do. He's like, yeah, he forgot them, and he doesn't know where they are, so I'm like, I don't really know how to help you. So um, this other kid, like, brought his towel, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to, like, I don't know, like, we'll just have to, like, get him to go get the pants, right? So basically, he, like, comes out. He's wearing, like, his shirt. Mind you, this kid is literally, like, like this tall, probably. He's, like, six or seven, whatever, um, and... He comes out of the bathroom. He's like wearing a t-shirt and like his boxers. So I have the towel and I like come and I wrap it around him and I'm just walking through the community center like this, holding the towel. And then he literally goes up to the, the table and like he instantly finds his shorts. And I'm like, you couldn't have just grabbed them before, whatever, it's fine. So we go back and I'm just like, just stuff like that. That happens every day, just like weird stuff. And um, so anyway, but I, I mean, I guess I haven't really mastered the whole not complaining thing um, because I still do it. Like literally today, the first half of today, I was like, I want to go home so badly right now. So don't ask me if you want to know about not like grumbling and arguing, um, at least when you're at work. I feel like in other places, like contentment and the rest of life is like pretty fine. Um, but yeah, so just basically like we can also sort of have this attitude of like grumbling and arguing towards God. Like the things that he calls us to do sometimes we're like, oh. I don't really want to do that. So it's just kind of like talking that, basically saying that like we shouldn't have that sort of attitude towards God. And um, also in verse 14, kind of wrapping up, it says that, so you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. So basically just all of this stuff with like humility, it's just basically saying that like, as if Jesus, our perfect example and model for life, was able to humble himself, then we also should be able to. You know, in the way we are with life, like sometimes not everything is about our pride and being right constantly and always winning. Like I think of kids and how they're like, oh, I told you so. Or like whenever they win a game, they like rub it in your face and you're like, shut up, you're seven. But like, it's just like, we shouldn't be so, we shouldn't be so prideful, basically. We should just humble ourselves and we should also you know, be open to the fact that we don't know everything and, you know, that God had the same humble attitude. And, you know, I think in the world today, it's kind of, it's very easy to be prideful. I mean, everything is all like so me, me, me and so inwardly focused that when we show humility, it can't help but glorify God, like the point says. Just saying that basically when you kind of take the time to look at other people, you're gonna stand out amongst a generation of people who only care about themselves. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, oh, we should like, we should pray. Sorry, stop clapping. <laughs> um, bow your heads, please. Um, dear Lord, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for bringing us all here together. And God, I just pray that um, we would think a lot about humility this week as we go through our lives and are interacting with the people around us, that we would just have the humility to look at them and to really look at their struggles and issues and care for them and take the time off of ourselves. And um, yeah, God, I just pray that in our groups that we would open up and that we would talk about this. And I pray that you would help us to dissect our hearts on this issue and to really just examine ourselves so that we can become more like you. In your name I pray, amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.